Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of After School with Dylan Mac. Today we're having an episode with Francisco Antonio Duarte Lopez. It was rather a short discussion compared to other episodes because of how busy he is. Recently he has been appointed the new ambassador of Portugal in Washington, while he has served as permanent representative of Portugal to the United Nations, UN, since 2017, and he has many other distinguished roles. Today we asked about his different experiences, how he got to where he is, and any advice he has for people that are interested in doing what he is doing, not just being a diplomat, but also just social skills and other ways to pursue your passion. If you'd like to support me further, please go to my Instagram, website, or Patreon and support me there. Thank you and enjoy. Hello, and I'm with uh, Diplomat Francisco Lopez. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. So just, you know, for our audience, give us like the rundown, you know, what you do, all that jazz, all that stuff. <laughs> so, um, I, Dylan, I, I'm, um, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Um, I'm a Portuguese diplomat in the U.S., I worked with the um, uh, representation of Portugal to the United Nations for some years, and now I'm uh, starting here in um, Washington. So, you know, just to get us started off, so there's always a question that I ask the, the guests on the podcast. So, so for, for one, like, where, where did you grow up? Well, it's not the question, but like, just I want to know, where did you grow up? You grew up in Portugal? Yes, I grew up in Portugal, um, in um, in a town of around forty thousand people, called Castelo Branco. If I transla- translate it directly to English, it's White Castle, um, a very nice town in the center interior of Portugal, not far from the border with Spain. Okay, so so just like my question is like, imagine you're you're like a kid, right? Like, let's say, like, my age, 15, 16 years old. What what were you doing, you know? Like, were you, like, what was it, like, your life looked like? What were your interests, your hobbies at that time, you know? Well, first you have to figure out that when I was uh, 15, 16 years old, there was no internet, mm-hmm. there was no mobile phones, and, of course, there were no podcasts. Um, <laughs> So um, my main interests, besides uh, going to high school at that time in my hometown, um, were connected with sports. Sports. Um, At that age, I was uh, certainly playing soccer, basketball, and tennis. Basketball and tennis. Uh, so, you know, like, what, what do you think is your favorite sport out of all of those? Oh, that's difficult to say. And um, uh, because of this um, difficulty in choosing my favorite sport, I never actually dedicated myself to only one sport. Mm. So I played 
basically these three sports and sometimes others like handball or um, uh, track and field uh, basically at the same time. So I was, nev- I was never very, very good in any sport. So, in part uh, because of that, also because I didn't have enough talent. <laughs> no, okay, well, what do you think you, maybe you were best at? Out of all those three sports, do you think you were the best at one of them? And which one? Basketball. Basketball, really? I don't know. I, I didn't know that was such a big sport in Portugal at the time. It, it was not. It was not, but um, um, there was a, a group of people that grew up with me that uh, at a certain time became interested in basketball. And we had some uh, friends of our age that um, were uh, returning from Africa to Portugal. Um, and, um, and they were used to play basketball in, uh, in, um, in Southern Africa. And that's actually from uh, um, where we got this interest in uh, in basketball. So, uh, Francisco, do you think you can give us a little bit of like an insight into your career path? Like, how, like what, what's the first job you think you ever had? If you remember, as a kid. Well, or... yeah, yeah. Well, uh, then from um, my hometown. Um, I went to Lisbon, to the, the, um, the capital of Portugal, um, to study law for five years. And then after that, um, I was training as a lawyer um, for almost three years. And at a certain moment, I decided um, to try to apply, uh, to try to become a diplomat and to apply to the Portuguese uh, foreign minister. Um, so, of course, I had to study, I had to prepare for these um, uh, exams, and I, I succeeded, and I started at the age of 25 in, uh, in the foreign ministry in Lisbon. Then, after four years in Lisbon, uh, I went to my first posting. It was uh, in Pakistan, in Islamabad. Then in uh, the second posting was in Copenhagen, uh, in Denmark, and then back to Portugal. Then five years in Brussels at the permanent representation of the- A lot of, of traveling, huh? Yes, and then um, moving on until this experience in New York and now in Washington. So yeah, that's one of my questions. How is it like moving all the time? Does it get tiring? You ever get sick of it? Like. And you always have to adjust to a new place, I assume. So, like, how is that? Is that tiring? It is somewhat hard, of course, depending um, on each uh, transition. Um, but for us, because we start a career that includes, and we know this from the beginning, that includes changing from one city to another city from one country to another country, sometimes back to your own capital uh, every three or four years. You know that since the beginning, so um, you are more prepared. Uh, you, Although, of course, there's always some uh, challenges to be faced every time you change from one post to the other. Um, certainly more difficult 
is uh, than than for the diplomats is for the families of the diplomats. For the family members, yes. Yes, the family members, um, the wives, the husbands, the partners, um, the kids. It's certainly more difficult for them. So, what was your own personal experience with that? Were they normally okay? Your family normally okay with moving, or you know, how were they? Well, fortunately, the experience um, was positive um, because every time we were start starting a new posting, um, our children um, would be somewhat reticent in moving, in changing from one place to the other. Because, of course, you have to remember that they were changing schools. They were yeah. changing sometimes. New friends. Sometimes even the school system was different, changing friends, um, houses, and so on and so forth. Um, but fortunately, every time we had to move after three or four years, they always wanted to stay in the place where uh, we, we had been. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it means that they had clearly they adjusted nicely. Well, yeah. So I remember you just mentioning you wanted to be a a lawyer when you were younger when when did how did that start like how young were you when you wanted to pursue being a lawyer well actually to tell you the truth i never went and wanted to be a lawyer <laughs> uh, um, my decision to study law at at the end of high school came as a kind of uh, difficult moment where you had to decide which studies you are going to start um, uh, at college. Um, I was not certain what would be um, what would be the studies I would prefer. So at the end, I decided for law, but without being too certain that I wanted to study law. And then when I finished uh, my law degree after five years, um, by then it took five years. Uh, after five years, I again had my doubts. Well, what should I do with this degree? And um, and uh, the training as a lawyer came as a possibility among others. And I did my training. I liked very much the the um, the team I was working with, but uh, I never enjoyed that much. Um, to be a lawyer. That's why probably I decided to try the foreign, uh, the foreign ministry. Really? So it was almost like you just like you chose something else. So what, what's your favorite thing you think now about being like a diplomat? Like, what do you love about it the most? Well, I have to say that now after um, uh, three decades uh, doing my, my present job, I am now I can now be quite certain that I I I I made the right choice. Really, that's uh, good. That's good. Because I've been enjoying every moment. Um, I um, I've been enjoying different postings. Some of them bilateral, where where you mostly deal with the relationship between your country and another country where so, you are posting. Just to, yeah, just sorry to interrupt you, but so do you like more bilateral, where it's like like you said, I think like from basically like you to the other or do you like doing it through like i don't know like i don't know how you really do it like through the un for example like you have to go to the un and then they go to that yeah. country like which one do you like better you think yes the, the un 
or, or the EU, the European Union, or an experience I had in Brussels, these are called multilateral postings, mm -hmm. where you don't deal, you are not dealing with Directly. a bilateral relationship between two countries. You are, you are dealing uh, with uh, a group of countries at the same time. In the case of the European Union, with uh, um, 26 other countries and the European institutions. In the case of the, of the UN, of the United Nations, you are dealing with all the other countries in the world. And in addition, with the Secretariat of the, of the United Nations and the agencies of the UN, the funds, the programs. It's very, very interesting. I um, liked very, very much these two multilateral experiences. Um, I can, uh, if you want to speak a little bit more about this more uh, recent experience, uh, multilateral experience in New York, where you really deal with all the countries in the world. But I also like the bilateral experiences mm -hmm. where you probably uh, um, go a bit deeper. More in intimate. Yes. Ah. Okay. So, so yeah. So can you tell us like what, so what made you switch from, you know, working to the UN to doing what you do now, right? Because you, you kind of switched, right? Recently, I think. Yes. I switched. Um, I switched uh, uh, recently from New York to Washington, and now I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm again dealing with the bilateral relations. In this case, um, with the relations between the United States and 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 Portugal. Well, it's. Uh, why did I change? This is a kind of a cycle. Um, sometimes um, um, we are um, uh, we are posted in bilateral uh, embassies. Uh, sometimes in multilateral postings, as they went or, or the EU, as I, I refer to. Other times, we are posted in uh, in consulates where you you mostly deal with uh, um, giving support to um, the Portuguese that live abroad. Um, for example, uh, we have a consulate general in San Francisco. There's a colleague of mine who is posted there dealing uh, um, with um, uh, uh, the Portuguese community in California, in California, in the United States, uh, in the western side, in the western part of the of the US, but also dealing with economic issues, um, also de dealing with with cultural issues. So a so lot on your mind. Like, it's a kind of a cycle. Every time after three, four, five years, you are ready to change and you are supposed to change and to keep on doing different things. That's what's what, but then that makes you like it, right? Because you never get bored of doing the same yeah, thing. For sure. That's actually an important aspect of, uh, of the diplomatic life. Yes. So, so what does like an average day look like for you? I'm so curious, like, you know, an average day. Well, for example, at the UN, this is my mom, um, uh, most recent, uh, experience, I would certainly attend some meetings at the UN headquarters um, related with um, uh, security, uh, peace and security related with um, uh, develop, development issues remade, uh, related to environment or, uh, or climate um, related to uh, human rights, for example. And then we would prepare these meetings before they take place. 
uh, with our colleagues at the mission or with our ministry, uh, foreign ministry in Portugal. And then after these uh, meetings, we would exchange views with other colleagues from other uh, countries, representatives of other countries, and then we would report back to our cabinet. Mm, so, lots to do in one day. <laughs> so, yeah. What, um, what quality, when you look back on, like, you know, your entire career, like, what qualities do you think were most important, like, that, like, you had that made you successful? But just, well, about, just uh, about you as a person, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I, I think that to become a diplomat, first of all, you have to be um, interested in world affairs. Um, you have to be keen in representing your country abroad um, or representing your country um, towards uh, um, or, or to people of, uh, of other countries, of other, of other nations. Um, and you have to be ready to understand as much as possible the other countries, the other cultures, and um, to look in a constructive way um, with, with some eyes, with your eyes open um, uh, of interest to the way other, other people live in other countries and uh, in other parts of the world. Do you think the main thing is just have interest in it? Yes, to be also to be um, um, one of the objectives of our uh, daily of our our daily activity is certainly to make sure that the relationships between um, countries, be it in a multilateral posting between all the countries or in a bilateral posting between between two countries, that this relationship is getting better and better. Um, and that we understand each other better and, and we can cooperate with each other and we can um, make sure that we can deal together with the challenges, with the common challenge. So what if, what if there's a, someone listening into this podcast and they're a kid like me and they're interested in world affairs, you know, and, and they say, uh, you know, diplomat Francisco Lopez, I, I'm not that like outgoing and talkative. Is, is that okay? What would you tell them? That's okay, because, for example, you also need to write your reports. You, you also need to reflect um, and, um, and, and, and to make an analysis um, once in a while. But you, you better be uh, um, at least um, <laughs> social. <laughs> Just a little bit, at least. At least a little bit. <laughs> Outgoing. So... That's good. Well, glad I, I know because most I assume most diplomats have to. Be, you have, I mean, you have to be talking a lot. You know, meetings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I assume you talk to a lot of people as well every day. Yes, you talk to a lot of people. It doesn't mean you have to be always talking because, as I said, you also want to listen to the others and to try to understand the point of view, the points of view of the others, um, in order again, as I said. To, to better deal with common with common uh, challenges with uh, uh, with challenges that um, that impact all of us and all our countries. Uh, and then before we go, what is the you think biggest problem that you had to face 
in your career and how did you overcome it? Just curious. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't know, but um, the, the, the question that worried me the most all along my uh, diplomatic career um, was precisely the impact in my family of uh, the permanent changes um, um, that we had to we had to go through. So you weren't worried about yourself; you were worried about your family. Huh? Yes, yes, and I'll tell you why. I mean, uh, um, I, I, it doesn't mean that I'm 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 I'm, I'm especially generous towards <laughs> the especially towards my family. Uh, it's simple. Uh, because the diplomats, for them, much easier to adapt. Because um, the work in one embassy and then in the second embassy or consulate or mission has a lot to do with the with your work in the previous mission from where you are coming. Whereas for your family, um, sometimes you really have to change a lot. As I said, sometimes you even have to change the the, the learning system. Sometimes some of the, the, the kids, the children of some of my colleagues, even had to change the language and um, wow. uh, language. learning not only the system, but also the, la the, the language um, uh, of, the, of the learning system. So they were learning in, a, they were attending a Portuguese school and then they, they attended a, a, an English, uh, an, an English uh, school or an American school. Uh, or changing from a French, uh, the French system uh, in French to an American school in English, for example, it happened. Mm. It happened a lot. So well, this is much more difficult than simply to move from one embassy to the other. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for you know, your advice. And who knows? Maybe there is some kid listening out there that's interested in world affairs. You know. It's pretty specific, but, you know, it happens. I mean, there are a lot of diplomats, right? Who knows? Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. With you today. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye.